Thank you so much for checking out this video. You're going to want to find 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, as we look at submission to authority honors Jesus. But before we go any further, as you're looking, let's just pause and pray and just, just kind of usher ourselves, follow Jesus, um, leading to the throne of God. God, we pray, um, boy, that we will just know what you mean by these verses and, and, and what you want us to do about it. Uh, Lord, we pray that, that in this passage of Scripture, you will help us to um, be best informed uh, into what's going on and what's taking place with your will in our lives and through us. So Lord, open up the meaning. May we, we apply it to our lives as in a transformative way, not just a ritualistic kind of duty, but actually become more like Jesus because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So there's uh, th this series, right, uh, on encouragement, which, which deals with gaining courage from the encouragement of scriptures um, to live boldly like Jesus in this concept. So I was reading across some stuff, and, and I came across this, this pastor, Charles F. Aiken, in, in 1916. You've probably heard this or some form of it, but he's kind of one of the earliest records we have of this quote. It has been said that for evil men to accomplish their purpose... It is only necessary that good men should do nothing. And as I begin to think about submission to authority and how that honors Jesus, um, I, I started to think about when we think about submission, we often think about the do-nothing part, right? The, the do-nothing part, that we don't have to do anything. In fact, it, it is a foolish idea to think that you can do nothing and it actually causes no harm. Um, because doing nothing can absolutely... Um, calls cause harm. Uh, lifeguard not doing anything can cause harm. Teacher not teaching can cause harm. A husband not loving his wife can cause harm. So when we do nothing, which is oftentimes a default position, just go in the corner, Christian, just be quiet, Christian, don't say what you believe, don't unruffle my feathers, let me believe what I want to believe, and we think, oh yeah, I don't want to do anything about that, we're still causing harm. And when you're thinking about submission, I, I was reading in my personal, you know how you just kind of get as a Christian inclined to go read the scripture and, and, and in times that are outside of your personal devotion, well, this is kind of outside of that. And God's like, go read Malachi 1. Um, so Malachi 1 really just sort of set for me um, this deal, right? Because the, the, I started to think, when does this happen in church history? When does this happen in the time of God's people, this sort of submission deal? And uh, when I came across in Malachi 1, basically the Israel was not submitting to God uh, because they're like, why should we submit to you because there's all this evil in the world? Why should we submit to you because there's nothing going on in the world that, that we like? We're being persecuted. Um, Jerusalem's destroyed. Um, we have no walls. The Persians are ruling over us. We're exiled everywhere. Well, why should we submit because we're not there? Uh, where we want to be, it's not going and it's not what we want. And God's like, look, look, look. first of all, they are going to get their comeuppance. Persia, all those who do evil will not escape any evil they do in their life except through the saving grace of Jesus Christ and his mercy and forgiveness. So first he tells people, um, it is not an excuse not to submit to authority because you don't like what's going on. Um, because you think that God's not good enough and not doing it the way that you want. Well, my boss isn't a Christian, so therefore I don't have to do that. You know, my wife's not a Christian. My husband's not a Christian. My, my, my HOA's not a Christian. I don't have to do those, that my coach isn't a Christian, to not submit to those authorities. And God says, no, that's not the case. 
we are, and again, this is in Malachi 1, uh, we see sons honoring fathers. We see servants honoring those who are over them. And God just simply says, am I not worthy to be honored? Am I not worthy to be served? Am I not worthy and give you literally all good things in your life have come from me? So God says, look, if the son can honor the father, if the servant can honor his master, then should we not also do that? So when I think about this one thing, look at this one thing here. When I think about this one thing, submission to authority honors Jesus. Um, I don't know when you're going to find this this video, but uh, in the context of what's going on uh, in our world now, boy, I'll tell you, it is, uh, there's just a lot of upheaval with what's going on with authorities and, and riots and protests and undecided elections here, there, and everywhere from the national level all the way down to the scene. And, and everybody's freaking out and everybody's concerned about stuff, and, except mostly for the Christians because they know God's still on the throne, which, by the way, is true. God's, God still rules. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But when we talk about submission to authority honors Jesus, here's a clarification about what I mean to that. I'm not saying that we violate Scripture um, as we follow other people. I, I do like what Jesus says, render to Caesar what's Caesar and render to God's what's God. But when we're talking about submission to authority honors Jesus, uh, we're talking about not rebelling, but that God's sovereignty is in our heart and that that reflects our relationship with who God is. If you rebel against those in authority in your life, then that is more than likely already happening in your relationship with Jesus or God or going to happen very soon. Because God knows that that's what happens in our relationship. When we push back and rebel against authority, then ultimately, we'll see here in a little bit, we're really rebelling against Him, which is never good. devil knows it. The fallen angels know it. Everybody who's in hell knows it. You don't rebel against God. Everybody who's living in this earth against God knows that you don't do that. So what we're going to look at with this submission to authority that honors Jesus is the context of, of why this is being shared um, from God through Peter to the Christians. And it, it, it's to equip you, you who's listening. One, if you're not a Christian, to equip you to be saved, so you'll be saved. But, it, but if you are a Christian, to equip you to work, worship, and live in a society that's friendly or hostile to the Christian faith. Now, obviously, in First Peter chapter 2, the world is increasing in hostility against the Christians. But sometimes ease is the Christian's worst enemy. Sometimes abundance is the Christian's worst enemy. And the context of this scripture is God using Peter to equip people, Christians, to go out and to live in a world that's friendly or hostile. So no matter who gets elected or doesn't get elected, no matter who's in power or is not in power, there's a point and a sovereignty to it. No matter what's going on or who's in place, or, or maybe you find yourself in a position of authority, and you're like, yes and amen, I'm playing this for all my employees. They need to know, they need to do what I say. I'm getting the husband out and he's watching this. But what you're going to see is, is God's perspective and application on submission. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. It says, Be subject, obey, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme. And we'll just kind of stop there in that 13 before we look at the next one. So we're subject to the Lord's sake, every institution for the Lord's sake. Because God's not going to say what? Be rebellious. That's, that's the heart of, of evil, is rebellious. God's people try to be peacemakers. We stand up for what's right. We fight for what's right. We defend what's right. 
but we're also submission to authority. We, we as Christians, would have the ability to protest without it growing into violence. We'd be able to exercise the, the, all of the amendments, Bill of Rights, Constitution, without harming others in order to do so. We would exercise our religious freedom for the betterment of mankind without the um, evil harmness that comes from that violence. So what we see here in this passage of scriptures, he's like, look, obey every institution. Why? For the sake of Jesus Christ. For the Lord's sake. Whether it's an emperor or a king, we're kind of talking nationally here. Whoever's over that, whoever takes place in that. Um, I, I, I would ask this question, you know, why are we submissive to every institution? Again, for the Lord's sake. It, it brings Jesus honor by the way that we um, act towards those in authority. Uh, I would remind you of Romans chapter 13, uh, verses 1 through 14. It says this, there is no power but God, right? Who's more powerful than God? And Christians were like, oh, we love God. We sing these songs and he's so powerful and he can do anything, which is true and we do. But there, there is no other power besides God. There's not like God and then some other power that's putting people into positions into your life. No, God does that. What we see here is that in Romans 13, 1 through 14, there is no power but God when you resist those who are in authority over them. You have to be very careful because you're resisting who God has placed there. You're actually, in in, uh, reality, resisting God himself. You're resisting God himself. That's what you're doing, correct? Because our battles are not against flesh and blood, but the spiritual dark forces of this world, the powers and the rulers of evil. That's who it's against, not flesh and blood. So, So what you see here is the commission that God gives to Christians is submission to authority. So Jesus pays taxes for him and Peter. Yet still, what? Promotes the kingdom of God, lives the kingdom of God. Remember what we talked about, uh, well, in the, in the previous message of this, if you were following this in the series, uh, we talked about being exiles and, and um, uh, sojourners, uh, strangers, and, and, and those who are exiled, and how this is, this is not our home, but we're bringing across the message. So he's like, look, I want you to have this right kind of attitude about submitting. And I know it's hard because some of you are just, you're grieving in your flesh, because you're like, I shouldn't have to submit to this person. I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to do what my mean uh, boss says, or my cheating coworker, or my horrible spouse, or whoever else is over me, or or, or whatever. But but let me just show you First um, Samuel fifteen twenty two. This is just straight out of Scripture. Obedience is better than sacrifice, right? It's better. For my kids, when I raise them, I would rather them be good all day and as much as they can than to just be bad kids all the time and then try to do something to make it up. Oh, well, Dad, if you'll just ground me for a couple weeks, then that's okay. Then I'll be disobedient for the other two weeks of the month. That's not what I want for them. That's not what's best for them. And then it even says listening is better than offering, right? So just disregarding what someone else over you says and just pushing them to the side and going, no, whatever, then I'm just going to make it right. Husband, you get me on this, right? Sometimes it's not enough just to go get flowers. Sometimes it's not enough to just say you're sorry. You actually have to do some listening. And this is straight from God's word. And if you've still got a little tension with this submission to authority and how to find the balance, I go no further than the Gospels. No further than the Gospels. 
Look what Jesus did. Right? Died on the cross, gave his life for you and I, allowed men, evil men, to be the instrument of his physical death so that you might, because of his atonement, be saved from all of your sins and then be resurrected unto salvation and ultimately glory with God in heaven. So when you think about submission to authority and I've got to stand up to, for what's right, yeah, you do. You do. But you have to do it the way in which Jesus does it. Not in rebellion, right? Jesus came and fulfilled the law perfectly. Jesus came to seek to bring people into the kingdom of God, to help them to know the God's love and to set them free from sin. So he, he, he spoke hard. And yes, he turned over the tables and he, he made the whip and, and he rebuked people. But a lot of times you see him drawing people in and putting his hand on the leper taking the woman called in adultery and writing in the sin and say you're free there's no one here to condemn you of your sin and i'm not either those are the kind of people that submit to authority that's the kind of thing that grabs people's attention so why do we submit to every human institution for the sake of the lord to honor him to honor jesus and to show that that not only can we do it in our relationship with him but we can do it in the relationship with others uh, i forget who told me this i learned it a long time ago but you get more flies with honey than vinegar it really is true it really is true. So let's look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Right? Submission to authority honors Jesus. And, and you've got to figure out how to do that in a godly, peacemaking, stand up for what's right kind of way. Uh, we say it this way. You, like you have to share the truth in love. You can't just be um, harsh. You also have to love. And you can't just love. You have to be truthful and righteous in what you say. Verse 14. So we had talked about... Uh, being for the Lord's sake, subject, obey those of every human um, institution, but also, uh, verse 14, or to the governor, so we're moving nationally to more regionally, or to the governors as sent by him, whoever the king is, that those who do, uh, to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So you're getting an insight, obviously, into the hierarchy of the New Testament church, but um, God God puts all of these people in place. It's, it's, we say this here at our church um, all the time, right? You, you don't just have your job because you want it. You have your job because God put you there. You live in the house because God placed you there. You, you are where you are so that you'll draw closer to him and help others to do the same. What we're seeing here is we should, based on this scripture, in submitting to authority and following Jesus, we should seek to do biblical good instead of evil why because evil gets punished you know that you know that as much as you want to live free and maybe even in an anarchist state which is just wrong and evil we must submit and do good because um, we see from the governors that's what gets praised that's why they were there they were seek to root out the dissidents and expel them which means they, they couldn't do what they were called to do and a christian that does evil deeds uh, a person who is out to rebel and, and tear things down, that is not the God of creation. That is the, not the God who redeems. God did not tear you down in order to bring you salvation. You may have felt the weight of your sin, but he redeemed you, turned your trash to treasure so that you might truly live. And this is a driving principle for all Christians. How we approach life, where we work, worship, live, and recharge, because it reflects our relationship with God. If I'm rebelling against God in my, my private time, and, and maybe I'm not even having private time because I'm rebelling that way, then that is going to come out in my workplace. I am not going to be a good employee. I'm not going to be a good citizen of the country in which I live. I'm not going to be a good dad, pastor, husband, spouse, how, how, uh, all of that. 
is going to go out the window should we decide to just put away what is good and do evil, which means punish. So remember what I said about Malachi 1? It's, it's true. Eventually, everyone has to answer for all the deeds they've done. That is a biblical truth. The only difference between uh, a Christian and a non-Christian is heaven is, is Jesus. He stands and goes, look, their sins are forgiven. They've, they've, they've claimed me as their Lord and Savior. And the non-Christian, that, that'll be the difference. You might even look at people and go, man, in the past, that person over there was way worse than I was. But why are they going to heaven and I'm not? Why are they not worried about what's going on? Because God's on the throne of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I just would reiterate that Christians represent Jesus when they do good and God places people in their positions. He does that. The, the people that are in there. There's nobody going around this world doing things and putting people in their powers of position um, that shouldn't be there. I mean, read the story of Moses and Pharaoh. It's a great example of, of people who love God um, up against the difficulty of a government that is increasingly oppressing them. And God put Pharaoh there. He used him to set his people free. And because of that, we can live free in Jesus. So how can we know when we're actually doing something good, right? That, 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 that's the question. Before we get to verse 15, how do you actually know you're doing what's good? Because it's praise for those who do good. How do you know you're doing good? Good is, I'll, just, I'll say it this way simply, you can do greater answers and fill that out more in and, and your places where you live and work, but um, good is when God gets the glory and disciples are made. That's when something's good. That's a, a filter to it. When God gets the credit, when God gets the praise, when disciples are made, when people become more like Jesus, that's how you know you're doing something good. I just uh, just had someone uh, reach out. I, I just sit on one of the boards here locally, a little food pantry that we have in, in our area, and they, they do great work. And they're like, hey, we'd love to just get a bio from you. We're, we're circulating on our board bios about people who sit on the board so we can get to know each other a little bit better and why they do what they do for this food pantry. So they sent me that bio, and it was just interesting to sit there because they're like, tell us about yourself. And I just thought uh, about this, right? Because I wanted to do a good bio. I wanted to do a godly bio. And I just thought, I need to do something that's going to give God glory and praise and help draw people closer to Him when they read that. So that's what I did. I, I, I praised why God called me to, to be on that board and to serve. I, uh, I said, this is who I am and this is what I do. And, and this is why I think this is important to be a part of this ministry and, and feeding people and, and caring for them and being a part of this. It, it, it's, it can be little moments like that that you do it. You may not be in your front yard waving a Hugh banner, but we know something's good when God gets the credit and disciples are made. Every time you know that's going to be good. Every time you know that's going to be good. Let's look at verse 15. So we've talked about nationally and regionally. We, we, we've talked about how God places people in their position. We do this for the sake of God. We do this because it is good. Um, we do it because it's right. We do it because God has put people above us to help us be refined, to become more Christian, and, and to figure out how to introduce that into the workplace. There, there is no place the gospel can't go. There's no place the gospel can't go. Every single person can be saved by grace through faith through Jesus, on this planet. And I'll even throw in the International Space Station, though I know there are Christians on that too. I mean, anyone can be saved. God can save anyone. So there's no place this doesn't go. Look at verse 15. 
even if you're still pushing back on this, even if you're still wondering, and, and probably by this point you're like, man, how do I, am I going to do this and change this in my relationships? How am I going to tweak this? Look at verse 15. For this is the will of God, right? I just, I, I'm embarrassed sometimes at the youthfulness in the early stages of my Christian faith when I'm like, what is the will of God? I don't know the will of God for my life. How am I going to know the will of God? I mean, I just beat my youth pastor up for that and, and early um, Bible teachers in college and grad school over that. Like, how do I know what the God's will is? And they were always like, just read your Bible, man. Read it. Verse 15, for this is the will of God, right? This is, you want to know what God's will is for you? This is it. That by doing good, Christian, because submission to authority honors Jesus, um, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Now, I've known people who have, liked, uh, who have not liked what other people say, and they smack them across the mouth, right? Don't give me no sass. Uh, Growing my up in my house, it was called lip. Don't give me no lip. Don't be talking back. And boy, they'd smack them. They'd ground them. They'd whip them. They'd, they'd get them in, in all kinds of stuff. Look how the kingdom of God and God's kingdom people respond to the ignorance of foolish people. And, and that word ignorance is sprinkled with compassion. Because this word ignorance means they don't know the truth. They don't understand. So why does God want us to do good for that? It's so, in order so that others will see it. Because that's the way to follow after God. That's why he sent his son Jesus. Instead of transporting us all up to heaven and go, look, this is heaven. This is why you want to be saved. No, he sent his son Jesus to help us in this life to do it. God's will is the way to follow. It's the way that it works. Like the whole world works in accordance with God's sovereignty and will. That's just the truth. You're not doing even as a, as a non-Christian who's watching this or listening. You're not even doing this living your life outside of God's will. You might think, I'm independent and, and I'm an agnostic or I don't believe in, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God at all. And God's like, doesn't matter to me. I'm still using you to accomplish my will. So instead of being against him and pushing against the grain and the authority, first and foremost of God in your life, be saved. Come into a harmonious relationship with God and then allow that to breed over. If your relationships aren't as, as, as good and solid as they are, if you don't feel like you're really making an impact where you work or at worship, you're just sitting in the chairs or the pews or whatever and just on the sidelines, or if you're still hiding in your homes and going, I don't know, man, you need to just go to the Lord and go, where do I need to be submissive? Because that's the way that God has to follow. And it helps people to know the truth and love and moves them from foolishness to Silence, which is moves them to revelation and understanding. Because isn't that what you do when you learn something new? You're like, huh. And you like ponder on that for a second. You go, oh, I didn't know that. And you think about it and you're like, that is true. It really does apply. So we, we are shown here in verse 15 how to end evil actions and sufferings that result from it. We are shown that, that the Christians are the way and the answer to the question. Our faithful actions is the will of God for our lives. Showing good to that will silence the foolish people. It will silence their ignorance, which means puts it to rest forever. And then now they're in a revelation to where they just know that God's true and they know what's right. And even though ignorance is no excuse for not knowing the truth of God's word, God sent us into people's lives so that they'll know that. Your neighbors, your co-workers, you know, whomever, enemies, all those people he sent us out there. So let me hit you with the one thing again. Because I really, I want you to think of this really in the light of the gospel, right? God's still on the throne. We never get over being saved. We know that God's called us to love him and all that we are with all that we are. We know that he's commissioned us to go and make disciples, 
to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to teach them everything that's in God's Word. And Jesus Christ came to this earth and was submissive to authorities in order to win people to God. Not submissive to evil, not submissive to wrong, not submissive to things that are going to cause um, uh, you know, God to be defamed or made fun of. But what he did is he worked within the framework that he was in in order to make a better way for people to find the gospel message and, and to be saved. So if you, if you say this is what I need to do, then this is just what I need to do. So regardless of what's happening in your life right now, it doesn't change this fact that God wants you to love people and honor Jesus by being submissive to the authorities that are there. To be good, not evil. To be obedient and, and, and listen instead of that. So I just remind you uh, as we close out here of uh, 1 Samuel 15, 22, obedience is better than sacrifice. Listening is better than offering. It's better to just be good and instead of trying to be bad and make up a friend. You know that phrase, it's, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission? Uh, not all the time. Not all the time. Sometimes in, in our life that creates a wound and a consequence that we may not ever be able to shake. So like Christ who did a perfect, just read the Gospels. You'll, he'll tell you how to handle unruly relationships and unruly bosses. He'll show you because he dealt with all that stuff in there. So let's pray. I want to I pray first for those who aren't, who, for those who don't know the joy of being in a relationship with Jesus who don't know what it is to, to just be submissive and to obey and to listen to the one that created them. So God, we pray for the non-Christian. Obedience, hey, there's no way around it. It's hard. Listening is tough because you have to shut your mouth and open your ears and open your heart and really listen. And we would much rather just offer a, a, a weekly or annual sacrifice. We'd, we'd much rather in, in our flesh and sin just try to make amends right now and continue to do the, the bad hurt habits and hang-ups that are in our lives and just abuse grace and forgiveness of God and people around us. But you call us something the better. You call us to freedom. You call us to live in our religious liberty, to stand for what's right, to stand for what's biblical, and to put that out there. And to do that in a way that silences foolish people. To do that faithfully that brings about, um, well, just the end of evil eventually, one day, someday. So God, for those who aren't Christians, we pray that they'll be saved, uh, that they'll find forgiveness for their sins, their wrongdoings, thinkings, believings, sayings, and that you'll just set them free and begin to watch you work in a way because you're no longer against them, God. They're no longer against you, but you're for each other. And then joy comes regardless of circumstance. Strength comes regardless of the depth of weakness because you give all of those things. So we pray for their salvation, that they would right now just confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead and they'll be saved. And God, we, we pray for the Christians because submission to authority is, is tough. We're tempted to rebel. That's the way of the devil and, and fallen angels. But Lord, we pray that you'll help us to respond to life biblically. To really render to Caesar what is Caesar and render to God what's God and remember that the only thing that, that needs the only thing evil needs to prevail is for God's people to do nothing. 
We can't just sit back and say, oh, I'm not doing anything and that's not going to harm because it will. It already is in our country and in our homes and in our streets. So help us, Lord, to be submissive in a way that brings about your glory. Because see, that's the real calling to not just be submissive, but to be submissive to an end that people get saved to become more like Jesus. That's something worth giving our life to. That's something worth living for. So help us, Lord, to do that. You're still on the throne. Let's live like it. And let's help other people put you on the throne of their lives, of their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great and wonderful rest of the day.